Today's guest is Tobias Rodriguez, a former Catholic priest and now a trainer helping global brands to build badass teams. In fact, badass teams is the name of Tobias's brand. And Tobias is speaking to us live from the Azores in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean today. I was there years ago, but it's wonderful to speak to someone from that part of the world. First time I'm speaking to someone in the Azores, Tobias helps organizations such as Henkel, King.com, eBay, Citibank, to name just a few. And he helps them in areas such as effective team building and leadership coaching. And in this week's episode, Tobias tells an amazing story of how he got his first clients and how working with IESE or ESA Business School in Navarra in Spain has been very productive. In today's show, how networking has produced business leads for Tobias, what Tobias gets from his collaboration with IESE Business School in Spain, which training products Tobias developed and why, how he tested them and came up with them and developed them, how he got his first paying clients, and the kinds of challenges that Tobias Rodriguez helps to solve for his clients. This is the Training Business Podcast. Hey! And welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hi, my name is Mark. It's my pleasure to welcome you to another episode of the show. If this is not your first time here, welcome back. It's wonderful to know that you're listening and you're providing comments and feedback and sharing this podcast with your friends and business colleagues in the world of training. If this is your first time here, it's a big welcome for me for tuning in. There are many great podcasts out there, I know, because I listen to them. But this one is for you if you are a trainer, a facilitator, a coach, a consultant in the world of training and development. Someone just like me whose goal it is and who makes money and a living from helping people through our programs, our workshops. So wherever you are on the journey of being in the training business or facilitation business as a beginner or as an established player, every single week without fail, every Thursday in fact, there is an episode of the show where we have guests and stories from people and for people just like you and me. And this week is no different. Tobias, hi, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. Um, you're speaking to me from the Azores uh, in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. That, that's, I th- that's definitely a first for the show. Yes, it's, it's a rainy day today. Uh, the sun's been out, but now it's cloudy again. Uh, and right here in the middle of the Atlantic. So these are Portuguese islands. Um, what, how, how far are they from Portugal, roughly? So it's a two-hour flight from Lisbon. And if you take a flight from here to Boston, it's about four and a half, five hours. So we're about a third into the middle of the Atlantic. And you can draw a line between Lisbon and New York. It's probably around that that range. And there's nine different islands, uh, all very different. And it's it's very beautiful. And before we clicked record, I mentioned that I was there oof, 2009, so a number of years ago. But, but beautiful islands. It's a volcanic series of islands, really, you know, jutting up out of the Atlantic. So... Let, let's go right down to your story because it's it's really amazing. Uh, it's an amazing part of the world to be talking to someone in, and you've an amazing story. You were an ordained priest for nine years in the Catholic Church and then decided it was time to move on. You did a master's in conflict resolution and emotional intelligence training. What happened next? <laughs> 
Well, then uh, I, I had no idea what, what uh, being a freelancer is like. So I just thought that, uh, you know, I was going to become a, uh, a very successful uh, business mediator and also family mediator. And then uh, I realized that in Barcelona, you had to do the course at a different university to work at for the government. And then that most of mediation was in the hands of uh, the lawyers, which I was not. And so I said, OK, I'm screwed here. And uh, so pivoted from uh, doing mediation to uh, training people in, in conflict resolution. Um, that's how I started. And what kinds of skills or experiences do you feel from your time of being a priest were transferable to helping companies or individuals in, a let's say, a private sector or corporate sector environment? Yeah, that's an awesome question. At the beginning, like for, for, for a couple of years, I wouldn't tell anybody. Uh, that I was a priest, I, I didn't see any connection. I thought it would actually be something that would uh, detract from from the professional uh, credibility, right? You don't mix religion and business. But then, uh, eventually, with 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 my colleagues and friends, that now oh, you have to tell your story. You have to tell your story. This is awesome. And so I uh, started telling my story, and now I I can see that. Uh, and to answer your question, it's it's. It's the, all the human side that, as a priest, you get to see that helps you then uh, interact with people uh, in a way that's more meaningful and that, that can help them. And to cite some examples, like uh, I, I was always kind of uh, a tough dude in terms of, you know, not believing most stuff or trying to check and being skeptic. And so I worked in jails for like seven years as a volunteer. Uh, I also was a... Um, the chaplain at the hospital. So I visited uh, every single day. Uh, and so you experience people that are in pain and suffering that are facing death. Uh, and then also the wide range in parishes, you get to see, you know, like people, uh, guys having their first kid, right. And then all the way up to, you know, the, the funeral. So you, you get this whole range of human experiences from all different walks of life. And then, um, if you don't screw it up too much, people actually open up to you. Right? And so you get a glimpse into the, on the other side of, of the mask or the, 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 the public version, you get the intimate one. Right. So I think that helps a lot for me today to look at a group of people or to look someone and then kind of have some intuition as to where we can go because of all this experience behind. So you had, your friends were saying to you, you've got to tell a story. How did you craft the story in a way that made you feel comfortable and it resonated with the kinds of people that would hire you and pay you to develop their people? Oh, wow. Uh, i never thought of that. Um, well, the first time we did it was at a, an event that um, friends and colleagues, Florian Mwick and Tony Antor, we back in 2013, we created an event because as trainers, we needed to refuel ourselves. And we thought that, you know, we, we saw that sometimes there's like big events with lots of selling. We didn't get much into it. So we said, okay, let's just do something ourselves. And we created Game Changers, which is a, uh, a three-day retreat out in the, in the countryside in Barcelona. We invite five or six people max, and then the three of us, then we host uh, a refueling, a pit stop for Game Changers. And it was at this event that uh, I opened up and shared the story and then everyone felt that it was something that i i uh, i wanted to do and then i guess from there it, just, it was just just saying it as it is i think it was like okay so, so i used to do this <laughs> and then people would ask questions and then i yeah i'm sure they do <laughs> 
And and your brand these days is is Tobias Badass Teams. That's a fantastic name. Uh, how did you come up with that name, and, and what inspired you? So at the beginning, I, I really struggled with finding something, and I, I think I had two or three different versions. Um, early on, I, I kind of figured out that you know conflict resolution might not be the best selling point because then you know I, and all my clients would be associated with with having conflicts, which still sometimes has a negative connotation. And then I went into, I understood that one of my fortes was the ability to create the dynamics between the teams so that they can excel. So that the word teams came in there and then it was teaming top performers. And then uh, one day after an event with King, one of their teams, one of the teams that I've worked the most with, uh, I looked at the team and said, these guys are badass, right? Uh, these guys are like absolutely awesome. They, they, the team has iterated two or three times. You know, people have come, people have gone. They've done, you know, a lot of the emotional work. They did the feedback. They have the openness. They pivoted into innovation. They, you know, they're taking on leading things. These guys are badasses. And then that's where we came up with. And and the thing is, it's it's the teams that are the badasses, not not the people. And at least of all, not me. You know, but uh, but I do like, yeah, I like the, I like the word. And that's work you do for uh, King.com. That's a, what is a gaming platform? Yeah, the creators of Candy Crush. Okay, Candy Crush. Yeah, I've heard of that one. Okay, so think of the kinds of work you do with clients. If someone said, you know, Tobias, badass teams, what kinds of work do you do with companies like uh, King.com, PayPal, eBay, and so on? So the outcome of the work that I do is twofold. One, people walk away feeling better. Uh, and in better shape, they they they're individually in in a better place to be a better team player. And then the second outcome is that the team then has different dynamics and uh, is able to excel more than before. Right. So that's that's the end result. How do I do that? It, so there's three formats. The first one is I have uh, my standard uh, signature program, which is 12 steps to become a better team player. And what that program does is it allows us to have a look inside. So it's an intrapersonal uh, work where then you, 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 um, you position yourself better in the team because you have a better knowledge of yourself and of what you can bring to the team. And then there's also interpersonal uh, steps where you then become a better, uh, you create better dynamics with the people around you. So that's my 12 steps for becoming a better team player. The other way I do that is with, um, with feedback, especially the constructive feedback. It's, it's sometimes hard to find the right words to, uh, to, stay, to say the hard stuff, right? either because you know, emotions are high or because we actually really like each other and we don't know how to say it. And, and companies need that because otherwise, you know, we get into a comfortable zone and we don't grow. And given my background and some sensibility as to what people might be experiencing. And also in Rome, I did, uh, I did Bible studies, which is a lot of linguistics and it has a lot to do with language and how, what words mean what and where to put them and, and what effect they may have. So the second way is with this uh, 360 constructive feedback. The teams come into the room. Everyone sits down in the chairs. I give them some tools beforehand, but then we just give the feedback 
to each uh, individual. And then based on that feedback, they can continue growing. And my motto is that feedback is the gift of growth. It's very hard to grow without feedback. So we need a positive and constructive feedback. And then the third way that I that I do that is with um, tailor-made uh, off-sites. Uh, the format that has been working very well is, uh, so there's a briefing, uh, I, get a, I get an idea where the team is and uh, where they want to go. Uh, we pick a, a theme and uh, normally we also pick a book and, and this is normally for the leadership team. So everyone on the team reads that book and then we come together and uh, I design and then deliver a two day offsite based on that theme and based on the outcomes that they want to achieve. Okay. So three main pillars there. Um, how did you conceive those programs in a way that you said, these are the things I will offer my clients? What was the inspiration there? So the first program was, um, I, when I realized that it wasn't going to be a mediator, that it was going to be a trainer, I turned to Florian Wick, my, my buddy and brother, and he had a program, which was his seven steps for public speaking. And then I was just like, monkey see, monkey do. Uh, I met with him. He says, you know, put your stuff together and then share it with me. Uh, and we had a coffee once at the Casa Orlandai way at the beginning. I arrived with lots of material from, from other folks and from, you know, from all the different schools. And he says, nah, we don't want none of this. Go away. Come back. Bring me your stuff. I said, oh, shit. So I went away and then I, I started building my own 12 steps. Uh, so that was how that one was born. And then the feedback one was actually a request also from King. There was a, a department that they wanted to improve the, the ability of, uh, of focusing on the, on the improvements. So I sat down and, you know, looked at what are the linguistic tools that we can implement that make feedback work. Uh, you know, simple things like uh, talking more about the future and less about the past because the past, you can't change it or focusing on what people can actually do instead of what they're not doing right. Because, you know, when you tell a kid not to do something, the kid just does it again. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I sat down and and built the program and then started implementing it and refining it over over the years. And the third one was also through King. So I'm realizing that I really owe a lot to King. Uh, another uh, leader came up to me and says, I have this problem. Can you help? And I said, okay, what is it? Tell me. And then, yeah, we, we built this system where I can design and deliver uh, tailor-made um, offsites. Okay. So the first one, to just to summarize here, the first one, your 12 steps program, that was through working with another trainer who said, look, share me what you, with me what you've got. And he gave you feedback on that and you improved it and then you developed your own system. The second one was where working with King.com, one of your clients, uh, they helped to shape that, that feedback program. And the third one was where someone in the business came to you and says, I have a problem. Can you help me with this? And that, that's how the third program was born. Exactly. Interesting. Okay. Then you've also got higher purpose pitch and the gravity effect to other programs. What was the, the conception around those? What, what, what actually inspired those programs? So the gravity effect was uh, a company that they had a team just starting and they wanted it to, uh, to start on the right foot. And, and so what I did there was uh, create a model around a tool that I learned at the Foundation for Emotional Education in Barcelona 
when I did my training there. And it's it's the three it's a psychological contract that allows team members to uh, to then work together well. And it's got three pillars. You know, if you want to play the team, you need to know who's on the team. Otherwise, you know, we can't play together. We want to know what the second pillar. We want to know what the uh, the goal of the uh, of the game is. And then the third one is who plays where and does what. And so I unraveled that throughout two days so that by the end of those two days, everyone had a clear idea, both professionally, but also personally, who's on the team, what are their fortes, what are we going to do, how are we going to do, what's our game plan? That was the gravity effect. And then uh, Push Your Pitch, it, uh, it's collaboration with Florian. It's an extension of, of some of the work that we do uh, on public speaking and on building a pitch, but with a higher consideration. It's, it's the next level after, after companies have figured out their vision and their mission and what they're doing. It answers the question, and, and how is the world better because of you? And then that's where the higher purpose pitch comes in. Flobling brings in all his business experience and ability to communicate with public speaking. And then I bring in more my uh, philosophical existential uh, values of what is a good life? How can you contribute? How can we contribute to making life for the people better? You've been mentioning Florian or Flo, another trainer um, whom I've talked to. We both know that someone, a contact that we have in common. Um, just for people wondering who Flo is. We also, um, in, in talking about the, the business, I'm always curious, how do people get big companies on board? Now you've got You've worked with companies like Citibank, eBay, Henkel, HP, King.com, which we've mentioned several times, and PayPal. Uh, I'm sure you work with other companies much smaller than that, just like me. But how do you how did you get the big one or two of the big names into your client portfolio? Uh, so my first client was uh, the Biomedical Research Park of Barcelona, uh, and that was through Toastmasters. Uh, was a member was a member from our uh, from our club. Uh, Eleanor Thompson, she's a doctor and she ran the training program at this facility in Barcelona that has six or seven different uh, medical institutions for scientists. So that was one. Uh, also, Citibank was through uh, through Toastmasters, uh, through Peter McKenzie. Then eBay was actually through Yesay. Uh, I collaborate regularly at Yesay Business School. And then one day, Lindsay, she was, she's a headhunter back in the day for eBay and PayPal. She was coming from Barcelona for a few days and she wanted a morning. And so she sent me out an email because she saw my name there and then went to my webpage and she saw a little bit of my story. And she said, ah, this guy looks different. And let's, let's see what this is up. And then we connected. And then uh, she then from there moved on to Amazon. And then when she went to Amazon, we worked together uh, in Amazon. And now just recently she's uh, with Zalando. And I just did a speech last week for them, for their recruiting team and look forward to the new year to work in directly with with her leadership team. Zalando, is that some company in Spain? Zalando is, uh, is European. So for people listening, uh, we've mentioned a couple of names there. Um, you also mentioned ESA Business School in Spain, which we'll come to in a moment because I have a really interesting question on that one. So just to summarize here, uh, a couple of these brands came to you because you were at Toastmasters. People saw you speak. They liked the sound of you and the story from you. And then... Um, in conjunction with uh, a business school in Navarra in Spain uh, called IESE or ESA, 
um, you do some collaboration with them. And on the back of that, someone saw you, heard you, and decided to contact you and see if you could work with them. Yeah. And I, I also have to add there that uh, lots of my work was referral from from other trainers, especially from, uh, from Florian. Our work is very... Um, sequential so where he kind of like leaves i step in uh and we have done uh, several uh programs together uh just recently in november we did for prensa iberica one of the top media groups here in spain we did we did an offsite together because it was a big group so the so there's referral from other uh colleagues and then word of mouth uh, in terms of uh online marketing and my strategy has been uh, just sharing stuff, uh, showing up, sharing, uh, you know, go, I've done some freebies, you know, you go to places, you know, I like this cause, I like the project and they invite me, they don't have money. So, you know, okay, fine, let's talk there, get some exposure. And then it is from the people in the trainings that then mention to one another and fo- uh, fellow colleagues. That's, and it's a blessing. And I feel super grateful because yeah, I haven't done any kind of magic to, uh, to land these these big names. So that's very interesting. We have, in a way, three sources of leads there for you, Tobias. We have uh, Toastmasters, which we've spoken about several times. Um, we had uh, Olivia Schofield on uh, two weeks ago, and she talked about the power of Toastmasters. She's a former world championship finalist. Um, we then also have uh, ESA Business School, which I'll come to in a moment. Um, your affiliation, collaboration with them, and how that's again, bringing you leads because people hear you speak and they talk to you. And the third thing you mentioned is other trainers. And again, we've talked about that too on another episode of the show. The importance of having other trainers um, with whom you network and who share contacts and leads. And if there's something that uh, someone can't handle, they'll share with you. And I guess you do the same for them, right? If if something is, if you're approached by a prospect, uh, a potential client, and it's something you can't cover or don't cover, you're happy then to refer that to another trainer in your network. Absolutely. Uh, um, and, you know, Olivia, we're friends, and it's it's great to have this network. And, and a byproduct of uh, Game Changers is because we get to extend that network. I think the biggest challenge there is actually knowing exactly what the other colleague does, what, what their superpowers are. Because then that makes it a lot easier to refer them uh, when it's something out of my expertise or fields uh, that I can add. And I'm always open to uh, uh, to, to, fifth, to knowing new people, knowing new tricks and you know, what they do, what their magic is. Because then, then that also, you know, it's, it's good for everyone. It's good for the companies. It's good for me. It's good for, for business, for other people. And, uh, you know, there's always tons of work. There is. And we often... Overlook, we, we sometimes, and I've been guilty of this too, thinking of other trainers as competition, which is true, to some extent they are, but there's a lot to be said for working with people and, you know, sharing things so that when the time comes, there's a payback, there's a recept- reciprocity. And, and definitely in 2021, at least two huge contracts have come to me from other trainers. And so we need to take off that, that, those uh, spectacles or glasses which we look through where we see other trainers as competition only, they can also be sources of collaboration and business generation. I want to talk about the ESA or IESE Business School in Spain and what you do for them because several of the guests 
have talked on previous episodes, how they work with universities, colleges, and how that association with third level or, or universities and colleges helps their brand. I'm thinking of Michael Verardi back in episode 10, who works with, I think, the University of Lausanne. That was back in 2018. Uh, this year, Joe Houghton in episode 163, he talked about working with the Smurfit Business School in Dublin, Ireland, and Jonathan Halls in the States. Episode 141 this year talked about how he works with the university in his hometown. How helpful is the relationship uh, that you have with the IESE or ESA Business School in Spain? And how does that help your brand specifically? Uh, the, the right answer is I don't know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I, yes, I go, we go back to 2012. Um, Connor Neal, friend and colleague, he runs the persuasive communication program there, uh, corporate communication for the executive MBAs and the global MBAs. And his program is very practical. So after his sessions in the big group with about 100 or 200 people, then we break out into smaller groups. And that's where uh, trainers like I come in, everyone gives their speech, we then have feedback on that speech, and then they repeat it. And so there's a great environment, they learn from each other, we also participate. So that's my collaboration with with ESA. Um, specifically, one was it was with Lindsay back in 2016 that she saw the link on LinkedIn and then contacted me. I'm not sure, uh, you know, I'm I, I'm I do believe that uh, working with the essay is uh, incredible for uh, the credibility that that a trainer can present, and so that is you know undoubtedly. How do we quantify that? Uh, I'm not so sure. So w whatever work I've had that has come through that, it's it's not uh, absolutely clear. I have maintained in contact with um, some of the students afterwards, uh, maybe one or two situations that we've collaborated together. Um, I think the greatest uh, benefit is 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 the network. It's it's like you're part of the family. It's the community because you know the, uh, the SA Business School. This is a, a tough school, and students you know really work hard to get through it. And so by the end of the journey, they're family, right? And to be part of their family for a while, and then afterwards special and and the program that connor has there it's it's transformational so it's 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 a memorable moment in their journey of of an executive mba and i'm just lucky to be there at that sweet spot and and help you know give them hell a little bit and help them have fun right you mentioned lindsay just to clarify for listeners lindsay is someone at the university is that right no, uh, Lindsay, uh, I think Douglas, Lindsay Douglas, she's from uh, Australia. She lives in Germany. She used to work for eBay and PayPal. And she was she was the one that came to Barcelona to do the headhunting and saw then the essay link on my LinkedIn page and then contacted me because she was, in fact, going to ESA to headhunt. And then she's from then moved on to Amazon and to, to the Zalindo platform. And we've kept in touch along the time. Isn't it interesting how just one small incidence or connection, one one someone observing you in action can lead to really big deals. You can you can just have an incidental meeting with someone and before you know it, uh, you become one of their providers or suppliers. 
Yeah, it was, you know, this 2016, uh, it was four hours in a small group and then disappeared, right? And then I was sat uh, freaking out in the middle of COVID in, in, you know, in March and April. And, okay, you know, we talk uh, with Florian and other trainers with Connor, with Tony, you know, we got to change this. Now we got to go online. And I had zero knowledge of online so ordering cameras and lighting and stuff and then at the beginning of april ping an email comes in says hi tobias hope you're doing I'm, I'm no longer with uh with paypal now i'm on amazon and you know i'd like my team and it's like oh thank god some <laughs> some work <laughs> and that was march 14 2020 my first full day online training and yeah, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. I, I, I am a believer in, in, in karma, if you want to use that word, or uh, in generosity. Uh, my motto is live to give, live to give. You know, we've got one life to be generous, it, keeping stuff for ourselves. It's just not going to make any difference. Um, and then, yeah, I think people like people that are generous. Right? But I say also, to your point, credibility is key as well, because it's on your website. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, the, the graphics, the image of you training at the university, uh, that's quite prominent. Do you think that hel- helps in terms of credibility, specifically where people think, well, if it's good enough for the university, it's good enough for us? Yes, it is. And, <clears throat> you know, photos and videos and, and uh, uh, the, the stories, also some of the, of the blog posts where I share some of the things that I uh, am doing or, or experience, that definitely builds a lot of the credibility. And, uh, yeah, at the beginning, it, it took a little bit of work to gather all these photos. Uh, but it definitely gives, I think, the person that comes to the website and, and is trying to figure out who I am, well, then, yeah, they, they get a sense of both the kind of thing that it is through the emotion that can be transmitted in, in the photos and also the kind of people. And definitely, yeah, you're right. If you, know, if you work with other people and it works, then, yeah, let's, let's, give it, let's, let's check who's here. So notwithstanding COVID, which is a whole subject in itself, what, what does the future hold for TobiasRodriguez.com, your, your brand and Tobias Badass Teams? What's around the corner? Oh, well, I don't normally think that far. Um, uh, so what does it look like? It looks, uh, I think, well, I've got my book, uh, which it's been taking a long time to write, uh, but it's, it's nudging forward. Uh, it's uh, 12 hacks on how to suffer less in life. Uh, sometimes in, in my experience, 45 years, you know, you meet people and they go through things as if it's the first time anyone's gone through it. Right. And it's like, that doesn't seem very smart. Tons of people have been through this and they've got tons of, so that book is an answer to that question and sharing some of the wisdom that I've gathered along the years from other people's experiences so that we can, uh, navigate life in a way where we suffer less. So that's, that's on the brand there, uh, for me. And, uh, yeah, um, Look forward to continuing the work that I'm doing now. I, I, I get the the um, the the sense that things are going to continue changing, right? So I, it's very hard to plan or anticipate what is going to be needed from us as trainers. Uh, so during COVID, I did lots of work on getting people to feel comfortable with each other very quickly. And that was not specifically on, on my list of programs. That was the need that was required. So I did that. 
And so what's next for Tobias Rodriguez Badass teams? What the teams need. That's the answer. And what they're going to need, I don't think we know because things are changing fast and we still have a lot of question marks as to how you know, the workplace is going to evolve given the pandemic and, and now, you know, the different ways of working. Um, like s- some new things have been coming up. Um, how do we manage now going back to work and not going to work? You know, sometimes the teams are together. Sometimes they're not together. How do we make that flow? Because when we're all at home, we're all at home. We're all at work, we're all at work. So there's there. And then finally, yes, to answer your question, down the line, maybe a few more years, I anticipate that there's going to be lots of work regarding spirituality. Uh, and that, for me, is going to be something that I have, you know, awesome opportunity because of my background. We see, we see meditation coming in. We see, you know, the, the, the well-being and, uh, you know, the, the learning of oneself that brings the whole theme into consciousness, life. What is it that we have that? And so businesses are going to open their doors to the uh, human dimension of spirituality that it's there. And if you ignore it, you're ignoring an important part of life. And yeah, I'll be more than happy to, to contribute and share and, and, and grow with teams within that area. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, it's interesting how the, the whole dynamic, the conversation on platforms like LinkedIn has changed. A lot more emphasis now on family, on uh, mindfulness meditation, I can see that growing towards, you're right, spirituality and things like that. People's sense of place in the world, not just their their job, but their mission in life. Mm-hmm. Where can people find out more about you, Tobias? Where's the, the jump off point? TobiasRodriguez.com and it's Rodriguez with an S because I'm from a Portuguese origin, Canadian and Portuguese, not with a Z. TobiasRodriguez.com. I, uh, I am frequently on, frequently, sometimes on LinkedIn. I'm not too much of a, uh, uh, a social media freak. They can follow me in these two platforms and then by all means, drop me a line and I'll be more than happy to be in contact. That's LinkedIn. So that's T-O-B-I-A-S-R-O-D-R-I-G-U-E-S.com. Exactly. Tobias, thank you so much for being my guest today on the show. Thank you, Mark. It was a pleasure. You do a very good job. I felt very comfortable. A huge thanks to Tobias for speaking to me live today from the Azores in the Atlantic. It's not often I can say that. It's wonderful to have learned about Tobias' story. It's a fascinating story how someone came from a religious or a background as a priest and then joined the rest of us in the world of training and development. And I'm always interested in how people come from different walks of life and end up as consultants or coaches, facilitators, and trainers. And I mentioned a couple of resources today, and I think it's worth reiterating those. I mentioned a couple of episodes, including Michael Verardi, episode 10 in 2018, who talked about his uh, work with universities in Switzerland and how that's helped his brand. I mentioned Joe Houghton, episode 163 from this year in 2021, how working with Smurfit Business School in Dublin helps his brand. And Jonathan Hall's from episode 14 in 2021. I can't quite remember which university Jonathan works with, but he does. And uh, many trainers find that working with third-level institutions adds credibility to their brand and also acts as a natural source of leads. Perhaps that's something you might think of in 2022, uh, reaching out to a university or college or some educational body to collaborate with them, help their people. And you never know how that, that will lead to other things. 
But it's the final episode today of 2021. So an enormous thanks to you for the fourth year of this podcast. We began in 2018. It's wonderful to know that the listenership is increasing every single week. And I'm always grateful for messages. So feel free to contact me via email, which is mark at trainingbusiness.com, mark at trainingbusiness.com. As always, all episodes past, present, and future are, are available on your podcast platform of choice, whether it's Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anything else. And of course, you'll find them on our website, which is trainingbusiness.com. Can I ask you as a small final favor this year? to click on subscribe because this confirms that what we do every week, James, Sam and myself, is of interest and use to you. And that's really the core motivational factor for me, why we pitch episodes every single Thursday, bringing you great stories, inspiration and motivation. Apart from the fact that we love to do it, it's also because we know that it's helping people like you, wherever you are, on that journey as a beginner or an established consultant, trainer, coach, facilitator and so on. So I look forward to your company in 2022. Can I therefore just take this final uh, opportunity to wish you the very, very best for next year and a wonderful, peaceful and happy Christmas with friends and family. Bye for now. Thanks once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. See you next time.